Hello friends, welcome to Tanked Up, the podcast all about video games and craft beer. It's episode 255, I'm one of your hosts, Ben, joined by Lucy. I'm not your friend, buddy. Ooh, I'm not your buddy, pal. <laughs> <laughs> and the buddy to boot. Not your guy. And every, everybody's guy. Hello. Hey. Hey, guy. I'm here. I can be your friend. <laughs> Good. I'll be your pity uh, friend. Oh, the pity friend. Love up. Thanks. Good. Um, as always, we are going to drink some beers and we're going to talk about video games as we do each and every week. Let's start with you, Lucy. Are you drinking this week? What you got, I am on? What you got on this week? Okay. I'm uh, drinking something different as well. Ooh. A cider. Cider. Oh. I have no idea the quality of said cider. Are you down in the West Country by any chance? No. I'm not allowed (laughs) to leave the house. Um, (laughs) That was true, yeah. Even before. And that's not because Um, of COVID, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Other reasons which will not be mentioned. Um, This is called Alska. A-L-S-K-A. It's a cloudy Sicilian lemon uh, premium cider. It's vegan friendly. It's four percent. Um, as I said, we'll get get onto the reason why. In fact, I'll just say it now the, the game that mm. we're going to talk about, uh, the developer, is kind enough to send some codes over, mm-hmm. and he said that he's more of a cider guy. Okay. So I was like, let me try one of these ciders that are in the house that I didn't purchase because <laughs> um, I don't know anything about cider. Uh, That's fair. And I've never actually ever seen this brand, so. It's going to be a mystery. It's going to be exciting. Nice. See what it's like. Because I'm not much of a cider fan anyway. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I hope I'm not doing an absolute disservice to uh, anyone, any cider fans, by drinking this. Because, as I say, it says premium cider, but... Usually when things say premium on Say the... premium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I drank premium beer out of the supermarket and... You know, had gut rot for the rest of the day. You so. might try drinking yes. beer out of a can, or a glass, or a bottle instead. Mm. Mm. That's a good idea. As you'll find on the back, it says something ridiculous like "made by Thatchers." There's only like two <laughs> cider manufacturers in the whole country. Um, they're on our doorstep, but um, yes, they, yeah. hopefully it's a little little independent. Maker, I mean, there's there's lots of cider. Even the even bottles and books, mm. uh, they do um, a reasonable amount of ciders. That that's actually how uh, Lewis started out in in booze. I seem I to remember that. he used to, yeah he used to do a, a cider um, box. The moment I've been a subscription, but yes yeah he used to sell ciders. Neat. Yeah. I've always been interested in having like good craft cider. So hmm. I mean, um, next time you come to Bristol, this is probably not it. Um, mm. Well, between craft cider and just like quality, but like old, like there's the oldest mm-hmm. craft um, pub, craft, sorry cider pub up, up by the up by the bridge that everyone has to go to when they come to Bristol. Um, that is, I mean, it's a very tasty cider. So they usually have like I would say at least six different things on tap, if not more, probably more, mm-hmm. uh, and some real like hefty weighted. Proper ABV numbers Proper as well. Scrumpy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We went we went up the corridor tap when my ah, uh, sorry, yeah the coronation taps. Yeah, years and years ago, when my mum and her partner 
came to Bristol. Kim and I said, well, before Evelyn. Like, hey, let's let's go to, we'll go and hang out in Clifton and around that sort of area. And we took them to the quarry and we must have spent three or four hours there. We were absolutely just gone. Completely <laughs> gone. And we were drinking halves so we could try different ciders and yeah. Yeah. Just My friend Diane messy. came to visit with two of her friends because basically they they had friends in Cardiff getting married and Mm. Half of them were from Canada, and they were coming back because they had they were teachers who taught in various parts of England um, and Wales, um, and met these people. Uh, mm-hmm. And then they went home, and then there was you know it was a, a marriage, the wedding. So they were like, "Cool, we'll all come." So they made a trip of it and tried to bounce to see all the people they knew. And so they bounced to Bristol and for like a day. And I was like, "Ah," and then and I was like, they were one of them didn't like beer. I'm like, "Do you like cider?" And it's like, "I got a place for you." And yeah, it got similarly. All four of us were just like, "How <laughs> how has this become what it is?" Like, yeah, you yes. can a night at the yeah. quarry or an afternoon at the quarry taps is dangerous. Uh, yeah. That's a thing I'm looking forward to doing, you know, when the walls come down. Um, <laughs> being being a tourist in your own city again, like, oh, that's mm, a place. Absolutely. Fuck it. Yeah, I'll go to that place. I'm not just going to go to my usual. I might just go to my usual haunts. Mm. <laughs> oh, usual haunts sounds really great, too. And I, uh, I, I I'm just not going to. My usual haunts uh, think I'm dead. So. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> not going to come. I'm just going to do everything but be at home, right? Just going to be like. Did you go on your fourth pub crawl this week? Well, technically, it's the first. So never stopped. (laughs) Just had a slight power nap in between. Yeah, I just sort of wandered Uh, the streets while the pubs were closed. Yeah. yeah. You know I can do it. It's it's not like the old days where we used to to finish work at 2 a.m. Where bar work used to finish work. um, Head to somewhere and drink until five and they kicked us out hang out go back to the go back to our pub sit in there for an hour and then go to the pub down the road that opened at six because they did breakfast and then just roll through then go back to our pub at 10 clean it get ready for opening at midday and then those of us who'd worked went home slept and then turned back up at seven to like work again just rotate that every weekend like three nights every weekend that sounds like something young people do it well yeah. i was young at the time i <laughs> yes, was absolutely I young at the time and, I, <laughs> and that's, that, that does not is, sound like that is the time that i drank a lot of cider mm-hmm. and can't drink that much cider no more mm. It's your one. But we'll age. see. We'll see how yours is, Lucy. When we when yeah. we roll back around, uh, Adam, no, what yeah. are you going to be drinking first tonight? This thing. It's a beer. Hmm. Good. <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> um, no, actually, this is. Uh, it's from S forty three. Um. Oh yeah. Which I haven't had in a long time, and, and mm. it is the Revenge of the Pith. It's cool. part of their one of their Star Wars beers, ish. Obviously not Star Wars, but I mean S S forty three really skirt that line of copyright, don't they? Mm. I know they got done by Snickers for one of the beers I think that they they'd, did, um, yeah. that they produced, but yeah, they're 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 very close. Yeah, uh, it's a grapefruit and blood orange uh, West Coast IPA. Mm-hmm. It is six point seven percent. It has. Falconer's Flights, Cascade, Centennial, Simcoe, Chinook, Cascade, Cryo, Hops, which is a lot. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, it's got extra pale Vienna wheat and caramalt malts. The yeast is California Ale 001, and it has both grapefruit and blood orange puree. Hmm. Uh, yeah, canned on December 15th, good till September 15th. Nice. So, haven't had an S43 in a long time. Um, yeah. So I thought, ah, cool. Let's Perfect. drink some Where Star you, Wars. It, it, have you been to a bottle shop to, to, to find S43? Yeah, is, is so it... they had a couple of them, just two, the other Star Wars one that they recently released um, at Redland Stores, mm-hmm. which is basically just off of, off of um, Gloucester Road, yeah. but, you know, on this side of the arches. No, just, sorry. Uh, it's basically the turn before the arches if you're heading from Baldwin's and Books or the turn after the arches yep. if you're heading from town. Yes. Yeah. Just, just, yeah. So nice and close. Um, they've got a good selection and a light, slightly different from some of the other places around me. Mm-hmm. So I've been popping there a more frequently because it's closer than Bottles and Books, but also I know you go there, so it's nice to make sure there's some variety. Definitely. Yeah, yeah good. Um, again, more variety for us uh, this evening as well. Um, I am going to open up a beer from... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a bit backwards this week. I'm going to drink the higher ABV beer first. Um, I'm going to drink a beer from Newtown Park, who are one of the newest towns and breweries the in... One of the newest breweries in Bristol, only opening up a no. few months ago so we've got another new brewery in bristol which is brilliant and they are brewing in left-handed giants old uh, brew uh, space because left-handed giant moved so this is you, you don't have to outrun the bear the west coast ipa hey, 7.2 uh yeah lots of contours on the on the can it is a nice can i've yeah. had one beer from newtown park before it was very nice uh, I think it was just an IPA, so I thought I'd try something a bit different. This says, paying homage to the West Coast with its deep amber colour, subtle malt character, and classic combination of hops, all backed with the bitterness to match. It's got Centennial, Citra, and Simcoe in. They don't give us any more info than that. Um, it does say it's vegan, and it's 7.2%. So I will crack this. I'm going to drink it in my left-hand giant glass, because... Nice. Uh, kind of links things sort of it's also your uh, favorite glass i mean let's be honest yeah, that's true yeah i mean it is oh it's not that one lucy i've got for, for this one this evening the pint one mm, the no it's not a pint it's the two-thirds oh i just have generic clear pint glass it's all right it's all right uh lucy we'll come back to the cider mm. yeah is this the first time you've had a cider on the pod yeah, sure. on the pod Whoa. I think I had one once. No idea what episode that would have been, but yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure. That okay. I had one once. Um, it's not a tanked up first, maybe. No, I don't think. Right. How is it tell? though? I've, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, it's fine. Just it's got a lovely smell. Like it's carbonated, as you'd imagine. Like mm-hmm. when I poured the glass, I could. I had to put in my other headphones because all I could hear was the bubbles <laughs> just from like over <laughs> there, just going. But yeah, really nice. Where's that smell? Apples. 
Yeah, like slightly elderflower like kind of smell mm. to it. It's really nice. Nice. It's got a very, very light lemon kind of squash colour mm. to it. Yeah, absolutely. Like really diluted squash. Mm. Mm. That, that's really nice. That's really soft. Good. Because like, one of the things that I don't like about most ciders that I've tasted is that it's just that harsh... Um, you know, taste to it. Mm-hmm. That really cutting, like almost acrid taste to it. Some yes. Of them. Um, yeah. Yeah. This doesn't taste like metallic or anything. It's got a nice, you know, just just flowery floral aroma, and that carries through to the taste. What's it, the it honestly tastes like elderflower. What's the carbonation like on it? Um, it it's it's gone now. Um, <laughs> Most of it because it's been sat for a while, but you you are still getting a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're still getting quite a, quite a fair bit of carbonation. It's um, nice. yeah, it, it makes it like really crisp and refreshing. Mm. It's I not think... heavy at all. It's really light, but it still carries that you know those flavors really well. Good, good. I think that's key for cider to have that kind of middle ground, not to be. Like you know the the the, the mass produced kind of ciders, which are just carbonated to all hell, or you go the complete opposite end, and it is the flattest thing mm. that you have ever drank. Mm. No, this is this is, you know, pretty much down the middle in mm. in that respect. Nice. Like yeah, still still getting a bit up the glass. I mean, I've opened the. Uh, bottle for a bit now but yeah mm. still getting mm-hmm. a bit of carbonation it's yeah i'm really enjoying this to be honest it's nice. like this is good like as i said i don't really have many ciders like that. i think probably the the one i've probably had the most over the years is um recorder league and this is oh yeah, the, yeah. The, this ha- very much ha- packs that you know like that fruitiness that those try and um get across but mm. it it doesn't feel as sweet Mm. Which is nice because like really sweet ciders like I, I, I'm not particularly fond of like really dry ciders, but I you know the the really sweet ones are just too much as well. So this mm. this pairs back the sweetness a bit. So it's, it's good. It's nice. I'm really nice. enjoying it. Good, excellent, good. We'll, we'll see how swiftly it um, how swiftly it disappears. It's going to uh, be quick. What honestly, was the percentage? Because it hasn't even got like that. All that combination, you get all that gassiness either. Mm-hmm. So, really easy. What was the what was the percentage? Four. Okay, so nice and light gonna, to start. Yeah, I'm gonna Google yeah. these. Alska, I think nice. Alska means it said it in Swedish means love, I believe. Okay. So, it's, it yeah. seems like it's from Aldi. Oh. Which explains it, but yeah, this is nice. So they do have a flavors by the looks of it. So it's the lemon one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a Sicilian lemon, so Ooh. they do... Looks like they do kiwis. Uh, kiwi, Ooh. peach, I'm not sure if you'd like that then. Berries. Um, yeah, I, I, I like this. This is, this is good. Nice. <laughs> good. Excellent. This could be like the cheapest lager that it's around, but I'm enjoying it, so it's good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's fine. As that's we fine. always say, nice. it... it it's about what tastes good to you, not what's, you yes, know, the exactly. magic, uh, the magic thing that everyone must agree is the best. Absolutely, uh, Adol, we'll jump back to you then. Mm-hmm. The Revenge of the Pith. 
Yep. So as you can see, it's um, very orange, but um, translucent. Um, mm -hmm. You can't quite see any motion behind. Just a little bit of shadowing. A um, little bit ahead, but like even from here, getting those citrus notes just wafting straight to my nose. Um, um, definitely more grapefruit than blood orange, I would say, but that's kind of not surprising just because blood orange is sort of a slightly tar tartar orange. Um, mm -hmm. Which is, grapefruit's just going to do that and then some. Um, ooh. It's nice and smooth in its texture. You can tell it's 6.5%. Oh. Um, mm, I haven't trimmed my mustache. I'm getting head caught on it. <laughs> um, sorry, I got caught off guard first by um, just the deep grapefruit going on. Um, it, it's quite, mm. it's got that grapefruit um, sourness or tartness. Hmm. So I was a little worried, um, just because there's a million and one hops in this. Um, and actually, they seem to be blending quite well. Um, mm. And I think because, uh, uh, and like the finish is, goes from quite like a moment of really almost piney, but really bitter. And then it gets a little sweeter afterwards. And I think actually that's the primary role the blood orange is probably uh, playing is just to smooth it out and make it less deeply bitter um, mm. and there's just like I said a moment at least a few sips and maybe it'll maybe it'll smooth out um, once my palate gets used to it but there's just this moment where it's um, it's like a gap and you're like oh wow that's really bitter and then you're like oh that really bitterness has gone away okay um, I mean it's a West Coast IPA. It sort of starts traditionally West Coast, and then, like I said, it drops down into this very strong grapefruity bitterness, and it eases off a bit. I think um, I'm a little disappointed that I'm not. I can't notice any individual hop or any specific tastes coming out of that, and that might just because mm. the the aim was to sort of bring everything together in this sort of grapefruit blood orangey taste it's doing that part really well but it's kind of like nothing else is in there and i know they put a lot of extra like stuff in here right yeah um this isn't like a single hop with grapefruit puree it's like um it's very good it's very refreshing mm. Mm. this would have been perfect earlier today when it was sunny out but not super not super super warm because it's got mm -hmm. a bit more um Girth from the six point five percent. It's not like super tropically, um, but it's really refreshing and like that grapefruit um, is giving it um, you know a bit of a crispness. So it's like it would be like it's like good early spring refreshing. I'm in the sun. I'm not quite at summer. It's giving mm. me a bit more um, oomph while still being Perfect. refreshing and crisp. Yeah. yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, so the Newtown Park. Um, so I'm having a West Coast IPA first. Something a bit uh, higher ABV wise than the than the other beer I've got for two reasons. One, I was also having a West Coast IPA, but be quite nice to to match up. But uh, secondly, I've already had um, an IPA this evening. It was a bit higher, seven percent uh, from Electric Bear, and it was a very very malty 
um, slightly bitter beer. So I didn't then want to jump to the lower ABV IPA and then back to a sort of a West Coast IPA. I thought I'd try and train it through a little bit more rather than losing the, the other beer that I've got a little bit in between those those two. So the Newtown Park, it is, as you kind of uh, would expect from a West Coast IPA, different to, to Adol's, but this is very clear, very bronzy. Uh, I had a little bit of carbonation to the head, not a huge amount to it. Yeah, I think that's the role of the the puree making it more cloudy yes. than this traditional West Coast. Yeah, um, the nose is very very light. A little bit of malt on there, sort of a more of a toffee kind of uh, smell to it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh, shit, that's lovely. Um. <laughs> A little bit of carbonation, which which kind of fizzes in the mouth straight away, and you do have that toffee, but it's very very smooth, and it's sat in there with just a a sweet a hint of sweetness in there as well, which I think might be the sort of more of the the, the citra um, and the Simcoe giving you a little bit more of a tropical fruity, very sweet tropical fruity flavor matching up with that, um, with that, that deeper maltiness to it. There's also this lovely dank bitter finish into a bitterness as well, which I'm guessing comes from again, from the Centennial, a little bit of the Simcoe as well. Um, that's just too easy. That's very, very easy, but the nose gives like nothing away at all. Mm. And then you're just just presented with this kind of not an explosion of flavour, but it's a big it's a very big flavour. It's lovely. There's so there's those sweet tropical fruits getting a little bit more of stone fruit in there as well. Um, maybe edging towards more of a softer sort of stone fruit, maybe a little bit more sort of apricot peachy than say mango. Um, but it does then, again, as I say, have that little bit of sweetness in there too. What's well, interesting? There's lots of different kinds of little bits all merging together to give me this lovely flavour running through. And again, another sip sort of suggests that it doesn't have that flow. So it's not sort of here are the fruits. Here are the malts, here is the bitterness. Apart from maybe that dank bit of finish which does creep up, everything kind of is presented quite quickly as as almost like one unified sort of flavour. And you can pick those bits out, but they all work very well and they're balanced very well together to just be incredibly pleasant. Very, very, very tasty. Um, and I'm loving that dank bit of finish mm. as well. That's exactly what I want from a West Coast IPA. I want it to leave me a little bit dry, a little bit dank, a little bit bitter, and then sit there and invite me to come back for those nice upfront flavours that this is presenting. Um, I'm super impressed with Newtown Park. Again, I've only had two beers from them. I had an IPA mm-hmm. previously. I think I tweeted about that so I could have a look back and, and, and see what that was at some point this evening. Um, but yeah, two very good beers. Uh, from them so far hopefully with them then being in uh, left-handed giants old premises this might be another brewer 
included in the East Bristol Brewery Trail mm. when that all kicks off again. We'll get to a point where there's so many we can't actually visit all of them in, in one day. Yeah. Um, we'll have to do, it we'll have to do both it won't days. Be, um, no. It won't be divided by like east and west. It'll just be, oh, the one's on this corner. The yeah. one's on this street, <laughs> random street. <laughs> Exactly. Six hundred yeah. of them. Yeah, and you know, with the with the East Bristol Brewery, so you can do the optimum route. You know, start more and, and and work your kind of your way around the the estate. Um, we'll see. We'll see when it all opens up again. What hijinks trouble we can we can get into with all of these different people. Uh, but let's jump into our topics. Talk about some games for this evening whilst we enjoy these beers. And I suppose first, we should jump straight into um, the game we've all played, especially with you being on the cider at the moment, yes. Lucy. The, the, one of the reasons for having uh, a cider this evening. Uh, do you want to kick us off, Lucy? Yeah, it's a game called Out of Sight. And just like a couple of weeks ago, when we were all playing um, Tiny Lands, mm. um, we are all playing another... Hidden object game. Mm-hmm. Um, this is it's quite similar to Tiny Land, so it's it's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, these little three D dioramas that you you can zoom in on, rotate. Um, basically, just hidden objects. You're finding these things that are placed in the environment. Um, I found most of the times that the 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 actual objects make sense where they are in yes. respect to everything else, but um, I have, I, I'm not sure if I've got as far as you two, but um, so far I've been into like uh, you know, in a forest, in in a house, and just these really nice, well-made, um, you know, little dioramas, just all telling a story, kind of. Um, yeah, and it's just just one of those relaxing games. It's just like. You know, the time rounds was more spot the difference. This is just very much okay. Where's Wally? You have to find it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, I I think uh, I, I I one of the things I wanted to say was I really liked how um, it's not the things are in the right sort of places. Mm-hmm. I found that very. So the whole thing is a much calmer experience. I feel like it's very sort of zen spun, and I think yes. it's it helps, especially when you've been doing it for a bit. You know, your brain's starting to slow down. It's really nice to be like, okay, where would this thing be? And the weirdest thing I really had was like a banana on a park bench, which plausible, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> right, like, but I mean, outside of that, you're right. It's just these things are in like plausible reasonable places uh it is not which is really important i think given that some of them are very small i think though yes the the hardest one for me was in one of the forest levels oh sorry um the other thing i liked is that it's the levels kind of come in waves so there's like three or four in the forest camping variety ones and Mm -hmm. then there's a bunch in like an office slash like software developer just based on like the things on the walls and stuff and like all these areas have a pretty good character especially these later levels in like the hr and sales and like the office you're like ah this might have just been walking down like drawing your your dev area or something um but the weird a hardest one a weird one for me was like there's a matchbook 
matchbox rather on a stone in one of the camping mm -hmm. forest levels but the whole point of it was like oh. the bits from the camping stuff are kind of spread out in a way that like someone yeah. might have stashed their sleeping roll drugs yeah <laughs> and so um but like that that box matches was like actually on a very well lit stone it was very obvious something was on it very so even when it was like kind of is that plausible it was not like fuck you difficult and i actually found mm -hmm. some of the hardest ones were in obvious places they were just hard for me like basically one there's one thing in each on in almost every single one that i'm like ah but there's a few that like i don't zoom in on at all i'm just like i can get three or four without doing anything Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like because they make sense where they are. Yeah, well, and you and you also can like pattern recognize like oh a rat it'll probably be up ah, there's the rat yeah, um, and that's mm -hmm. very satisfying not having like I think that's a really smart thing for these types of games having eagle eye spotting because you feel good right you're like I didn't have to zoom in at all and I found that one and I found that one and I found that one mm -hmm. look at me yeah. go I, yeah I, I must say that I started it on my. Uh, surface um, tablet and I was just like uh, my eyes aren't good enough oh, for this so <laughs> I went back to my my main PC because yeah, yeah some of those items do get really small um, what, what I appreciate from a gameplay uh, you know just quality of life perspective is uh, not to harken back to Tiny Lands but uh, rotating the world in Tiny Lands it was could be a bit slow and laborious whereas in this game it, it gives you the settings where you can have like slow medium high like you know sensitivity to the mouse and um yeah the things know, we were kind of griping camera, about which is good and like yeah. saying oh, it would be good if this had it and you're like now there's this other game and it has it uh, yes yeah, can with, i ask with, with tiny lands where you could only zoom in and it took you to the center of the image whereas this you can pan and zoom and it gives you more freedom kind of around that space um i i, I I, again, I, I'm kind of echoing everything that you sort of have, have already said, but there was, I think, there's been a couple that I have skipped. So you only have to find a certain amount before you can then jump to the next little diorama. And so far, I skipped a hot dog. Just couldn't find it in a in a park. <laughs> I know exactly which level that is. Yep. Yep. And there's another one, which is the one that I. <laughs> I haven't found a floppy disk. It's the first time I've seen a floppy disk. I haven't found that one yet, so that's where I have that's, come out of the come out of the game. That's the last one on that level that it took me to find. Yep. Um, and and what I again another thing that I kind of appreciate um, is a lot of the things that you find. It, it it does kind of build you up. So yes, it it gives you sort of sets of places. So it's like now we're internal kind of in office sort of spaces. Find these four things. Yeah. You move to the next one. Find these six things, two of which you had to find in the previous map. So it, it does recycle a few of the assets and a few of the things that you need to find on a couple of the levels, which is absolutely fine because it's, again, giving you kind of maybe that easy win. You're like, oh, I know what this is. I know exactly as soon as I'm panning around, I'm more likely to see that without thinking about it or searching too far because my mind is already recognizing what that is and i think that's really good then to get you to hunt for the rest of the things and be like yep cool got that one yep cool i've got that one um it's it this game is absolutely gorgeous as well yeah. um it does look nice, yeah. like the, the lighting is just brilliant i i think it just works so so well like on yeah. some of those street scenes and again 
we said the same about tiny lands where it moves you between a full naturally lit sort of space and then it will take you to a nighttime scene or then it will take you inside and it's kind of artificial light it does those sorts of things very very well mm-hmm. yeah um, it's just nice to look at like when you're mm. looking at something for so long it's just yeah it's nice just oh. to see like i can turn the shadows all the way up in the settings like that oh just, i didn't even yeah touch the settings actually i just kind of played it and thought it was good looking and gorgeous um <laughs> the um there is a score you get on each level mm. and yeah. it has a multiplier type thing mm-hmm. if you notice because like at the end it'll be mm-hmm. like 4.4 4.8 which was roughly what i was getting four point something because i think out of fives Mm. Yep. Um, and then there was a level I got 2.2 on, right? Because it was just like, there's, and it was this one thing. And so, Ben, you're a better man than I. We know this over, over and over about my um, approach to games versus yours and your willingness to just do the thing and my stubbornness. <laughs> I have not skipped a single thing. Yep. Um, and I stopped playing it once because I was like stuck on a thing. It's like, well, can't leave this level. Have a thing to find. <laughs> and then oh, I came back know. to it like this a. You're down yeah. every time. I know, I know. But I came back to it. Uh, it was that fucking hot dog. Um, <laughs> and I came back to it a little bit later. I think I played it. Yeah, so I came back to I played played it mostly yesterday, and then I came back to it this morning. Um, or that could have been this morning, and then after I ate. Time is an illusion in these COVID times. Absolutely, yeah. There was a br- there was a break in my brain had a refresher, um, and a couple of things. Um, when you restart a level, you have to find all the things again. But I don't. Oh, okay. Um, they're not always in the same place. Oh, really? Yeah, I figured oh, you guys didn't know lines. this. Yeah, because <laughs> so on that hot dog level, uh, the football was. Down the subway, you have to open the doors and then click on the football. It was sorry, oh. the American football was yep. Yep. down the subway, and then so I was like, you know, I don't even if I know these games, I try and just like find them, right? I don't try because that's the point. And then I was like clicking through. I'm like, oh right, the football's there. I'll just get it. And I'm like, it, it's not there. And the banana wasn't on the bench. Banana was now on a tabletop, <laughs> and I was like, oh no, this game. Still plot and everything was still in plausible places, and half the stuff That's was cool. still right. like the trash pile in that level was still where the trash pile was, which <laughs> is sort of near the hot dog cart. So I think I think yep. what they've done is a couple assets have a couple different spawn locations, and some maybe don't. Maybe they all do, but and I just sort of yeah. you know on, the on, dice. on that level on that level for me the American foot was under a bush. In the park. Yeah, I think that's so, might have been where yeah. I found... I can't remember where the second place it was. Um, and the hot dog was... You had to eat the camera on the hot dog mm-hmm. cart just so. And it was past the mustard and ketchup and it was kind of on a little shelf. Oh, and then... Like just, just hidden by the umbrella or yes, something. But, and, but the, the thing is, I found it then and then... But I was just like, wait. I swear I tried to look there. And then I this... Mm. Because I now learned... Uh, thing about the game which is things can move around i was like did i just miss it before when i was really hunting for it or was it there the whole time and i missed it and now i found it i will never know 
Um, and that bothers me immensely. It's like, I'm happy. It's like I'm happy I found it, but also, did I miss it, or did I was it? Did I miss it here, or did I miss it somewhere else? Um, but I really—that's such a nice touch. Even if it's just one or yeah, two things, no flipping idea. spots. That's cool. Because um, then it gives you, like, it gives you that sense of replayability. Yeah. yeah. But also, if like, want, yeah. even just single playthrough. But like, I didn't finish a level. You, you can't just be like, oh my! In my short-term memory, I remember these five locations. Mm-hmm. So these seven objects, I'm really just gonna rush back through. It's like, ah, wait, I have to start hunting again. More than I thought. Which I found That's really, really cool. cool and a, such a smart thing to add to this type of game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yes. The other thing I wanted to mention, which I'm just going to mention and let you guys talk about it, um, is the music. Mm. I, I I just got onto Steam um, to, to <laughs> buy the soundtrack. The, jump on the pen. No, jump on the page because I remembered uh, reading a post which gave the um, the name of the um, composer. Oh, uh, which is Purple Cat, uh, okay. because again I wanted to to bring that up, and, and Lucy, you and I talked about it earlier. That it, it is ridiculously chill, low yeah. fi beats. So it's, good. It's so uh, just so chilled that I could easily see myself, and it, and, it, and the game gives you a screensaver mode. In fact, you don't have to play the game; it will rotate around uh, the. Um, the diorama and just play that music and I could so easily just sit here and work and have that on in the background like it's yeah. really really good and it and it fits kind of the idea of the uh, of that hidden object game as well it doesn't make you rush there's no sense of urgency to it it's kind of not like tiny lands which felt that it was matching its and very and did it very well kind of matching its soundtrack to the the set of dioramas that it had um, and, and and we keep coming back to Thailand. So this is a slightly I mean, different game similar. in terms of <laughs> they are very similar. Yes, um, just a slightly different kind of mechanic to take you through the yeah. the, the diorama. Uh, but it, it it just loops through, plays the next track, and it's just so easy to kind of chill to. Yeah. And this is like again, we come back to these games that. Uh, we'll come back to the categories that we discussed at the end of the year, and this like Lucy, this like cozy cup of tea game. This is absolutely that. You could yeah. just sit for five minutes with a cup of tea, with a beer, with a coffee, whatever yeah. you want, and no drink at all. Be wild. I mean, absolutely no drink, no drink. <laughs> and just sit here for five minutes, chill out, take a wow. break from what you're doing. And then go back to work or go back to whatever it is that you wanted mm-hmm. to kind of have that little bit of a break from and, and, and put your mind to use in a different way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like the reason I haven't played more of it is because I know if I start playing it, I'd probably just be in a such a zen state where I don't want to go back to work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why you just have to be stubborn, because then if you can't skip, then at some point you just have to take a break. Yeah. A frustrated, frustrated yeah. break. Yeah. yeah, don't don't do what I do. Uh, no, I would I would just you know like like go back to the menu and just say need a fresh pair yeah. of eyes and go back mm. to it. But but yeah, the the soundtrack it's just like you know the lo-fi chill beats yeah. uh, YouTube playlist that yeah. you know I often listen to whilst I'm working. So yeah, it's got a really nice sound to it. Yeah, I, I can't wait to play more of it. I just want to. I just want. I want to have the perfect setup of just having a nice cup of tea, 
have the time to play it, and just, yeah. you know, chill out. What I really like as well is how they hide these little ducks, these rubber ducks. Yes. Yeah, I didn't realize yeah, until I level. saw the achievement that that was a thing. Because yeah. I noticed them, I just didn't think anything about them because they weren't on the list. Because mm-hmm. I'm yeah. too structural. In my thing. It's like those kids' books where it's like, is it is it Where's Duck? Because that was the name of the, the kids' books. <laughs> was it? Was that what it is? It's it's when you well, yeah, it was like hidden object the book. <laughs> where's Wally? Where's Wally? It was more kids. Yeah. Yeah, but, it, but there was a duck. Okay. I mean, probably. So I really liked that um, touch because mm. like, oh, this is just like Where's Duck. I like I like how you, when you <laughs> click on the duck. It gives you sort of this party noise, this this, so, this yeah, stream that comes out yeah. of the, the top of it with confetti. Yeah, it's um, very good. Just uh, because we keep mentioning Tiny Lands, and for those who maybe didn't know or don't know what it is, um, or didn't want, didn't heaven forbid, didn't listen to that episode where we talked about <gasps> it. Um, it's basically a again a diorama 3D world that you can rotate around and hunt, and you're but what you're trying to do instead, it's like split screen, um, and it's the ostensibly the same diorama uh, but really there's a handful of differences mm-hmm. and you're trying to find them um, so it's a lot more looking back and forth and moving around and trying to compare it's it's a it's it's a different part of your brain but a very close part of your brain mm-hmm. that it's trying to do right it's it, and and like ben said it, you know the music is it's it, we have like very thematic levels like there's you know Halloweeny type cemetery stuff, some camping, some well, like f- medieval fights, I think. Um, and it mm-hmm. it's it scratches the same type of itch, but in a very is very different way. Um, listen to insert episode title here um, to find out more, especially our gripes with the camera stuff, because I think that will illuminate how well done the camera is here. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask via the segue to camera is how did you guys choose to control it? I I, I found it a bit finicky at the start, but then after like five minutes, I just got so used to it. it was but like, like, what did you, you know, use, mouse or I, keyboard? I used the mouse? Yeah. I used the mouse. I used both. So I wazzed around, but I zoomed in and out with the mouse wheel. Yeah. I did something similar to that, except. Uh, for a while I was using kind of like an MMO style, the clicks to rotate, and then I found Q and E, I think it is, better, just because it's so smooth. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but I also sometimes was moving with the mouse. I kind of (laughs) just, it was really interesting because it was, at first it was like, I'll just, I'll use the mouse. And then I was like, oh, let me try the keyboard. Oh, it works pretty well. But zoom on the scroll wheel is just slightly better. And then I found, like, in the middle of, like, um, I was going to say episodes, le- levels, I was kind of jamming both at the same time, even the same types of functionality. I would sometimes switch. Like, I just was so into the game that I was like, I can mm. do it here or here. And left hand decided to do the zoom before right hand did or whatever. And I find that really odd. I've never really had a game split me, but in a cooperative way, in the way... Yeah, I control it. I, I mean, I'm very mm. structurally thinking normally. So I thought it'd be just like, okay, I like this one better. And then, you know, other hand would go away. But actually, I found it sometimes it was just like, you know, I think it's because like when I was panning around with the key, a Q and E and WASD, um, 
it made sense to zoom in with the camera. But if I was like, I'm, I want to hunt over here, I was kind of just doing like minimal WASDA work. And then it was like RNF right there. It, was, it seems like, mm. I don't know, it, it made sense in my brain. Well, I, I did it. I don't know if it made sense. Um, I mean, but, but I find uh, that but really again, interesting, but also shows just how good the controls are. Absolutely, absolutely. It, that it allows you that freedom to be able to kind of do those things and just allows your brain to be like, this is more comfortable now and this is how I will do it. Uh, it's not pick this one or that one. It is both of these will work. Yeah. Yeah. Do whatever you yeah, feel comfortable nice. with. Yeah. Um, the, the, the name of the books, because this is very important. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. The dog books. <laughs> it was a series and it was just uh, called you know this duck called duck mm-hmm. um there's duck in trouble duck on holiday um <laughs> uh, written by philip hawthorne and illustrated by stephen cartwright perfect for yes so by hidden kids. object it's duck random books. duck book. <laughs> yeah good i shall Very look important. out for them mm-hmm. evelyn evelyn loved um what's the other one hidden through time um, yes. Yeah, she loved mm-hmm. playing that on the Obviously. PlayStation. So she's she's well into these like hidden books. She's got a unicorn one that she goes back to, and she's like, oh, "It's here." I'm like, yes, you you know it's there. <laughs> You've looked at this page twelve yeah, but, or fifteen you know, times. I I find that a, a like kids developing skills, but also cheesing Learning skills. <laughs> yes. Oh, absolutely. It's such oh. a. It, it's it's I find it extremely charming because you can see their brain doing things that they're not sure and but also the I don't know it, it's just very interesting uh, absolutely uh, it, it, it's a, as a very slight aside it was um, my wife Kim's birthday last week so oh, that wife of yours sorry I wasn't sure which of your wives <laughs> People, your wife Kim listeners may not know who Kim is um, so uh, we made uh, Evelyn and I made her a birthday cake. Oh, who's Evelyn? I mean, if you're going to name all the people. <laughs> so my four-year-old daughter, <laughs> Evelyn and I, made my wife Kim a birthday cake. I saw and, the picture on Instagram. Um, it looked and, great. And, and we were we 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 baked it when she got home from school, but Kim came home about an hour and a little bit after. So. We'd baked the first tins worth and we were baking the second tins worth to go on top. And Kim came in and instantly Evelyn turned around and said, we're baking banana bread. <laughs> and went, well, that's not the normal thing you bake banana bread in because we've got a bread tin loaf that we bake banana bread in. And Evelyn, oh no, it's uh, it's banana bread 2.0. And I'm like, that's adorable. Two point oh. Where, where, where is this come from? Like, but she so quickly just lied. I'm like, straight up. Like, I don't know what we've done, but she's she's just been able to fabricate this story so quickly in her mind. I don't know whether she had this thought previously. Like, well, what if Mum comes in and we have to do this? And blah, 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 blah. But I'm it was sure like it's just on it's her just feet, just knowing instant, a, like understanding surprises and being like, yes, oh, oh very much, and yeah, then completely. like fake uh, banana yeah. bread. I mean, yeah. unless that's and nothing. You're long you'd... for the, yeah. Go on. I was just going to say you'll long for the days when she's lying about banana bread <laughs> and not other things. So. <laughs> ah, yes. Enjoy it now. <laughs> yes, that's true. Absolutely. When he um, lies uh, about ye. Yeah. 
<laughs> have have either of you got any final <laughs> thoughts on um, Out of Sight before we move on? Um, I really enjoy it, and I think the lo-fi um, music helps because. So what I find interesting is there's a there's a score, and there's clearly a multiplier, and if you care, you could rush and try and get through and i just don't care i'm stubborn i want to find all the things before i leave the place but i don't care how fast i find the things and i find it great that it allows people who want to optimize or rush it gives them a metric but it's so Mm -hmm. like the the, like when the uh, multiplier comes down and it's like 4.8 it's just there in the corner and you could miss it for three levels and i think that's really good game yes, design because yeah, very much yeah the games like target is i think what we're doing which is like i don't give a shit you could just not have a score but if you are a person who wants a score here it is and then if you're paying attention to the score within a couple of levels you'll notice that the number has flipped and then you're like ah oh, i gotta go faster because that number dropped so i don't know if it's speed because i got a five star rank not from getting through quickly, but from not misclicking on anything. Oh. From only clicking on the items. That That's I annoying, think, then. I, I think I noticed that I dropped down to 4.8 when I had misclicked. And there's a couple of items that I thought I had clicked. That's why I said it's annoying. I hadn't quite got it. And I had to zoom in to then make sure that I had got on them. That's not, my only gripe with this is that there seems to be, you know, the, the, the hitbox around the item isn't great in some of the cases is quite finicky uh, and there was one which was a mop or what was it, it was like a pitchfork yes yeah, sorry and I, so i tried i tried to click on the handle i tried to click yeah tried to click on the handle just missed it by i don't know a few voxels and uh and it didn't count i'm like oh brilliant i'll just zoom into it and then click it and i didn't yeah. think anything of it at the time and then when i saw the multiplier yes then i kind of click that i think it is to um, do with yeah. i clicked that it is clicks so that makes me think less enthused then because i thought it was time-based because um one of the things i like doing like this is just personal like i like looking at the thing without touching a control I me mean, like can i find anything because that also sort of lets me absorb the general layout and it's like yeah found a couple things like i was saying at the at the, at the top of the segment but the hitboxes are kind of bad from eagle eye position. Mm. And so I, it's like, oh, there's the rat. Click. Nope, missed it. Click. Nope, missed it. Click. I found, like, and that's, like, the exact opposite. Because actually in the first, like, three seconds I saw the thing and I clicked on the thing. And now I'm getting penalized because I didn't hit a control before I, mm-hmm. like, so that's, but luckily, flip side, the thing I said before you said this was, I kind of don't care about the score. So it's fine, but I suspect there's someone like me in the sense of getting tripped up by the hitbox because you're trying to sort of minimize the movements until you get a sense of things, but also wants to play the score game. And then that must be Mm. incredibly frustrating because I hit a lot of things have bad hitboxes from like three quarters to full out zoom out. Um, some of them you just like, like, cause they're just small, but also it's just like, if I'm looking at it, like, especially the longer objects, like, like the pitchfork or whatever, it's like, 
the so the tip of my mouse cursor is clearly on the handle. I know because I clicked three times and I got three poof clouds. <laughs> uh, and then I just zoomed in and clicked on it. But it's like I shouldn't have to yeah. zoom in. I'm clicking on the thing. Um, <laughs> but I guess it's the balance between that and you know cheese in it. Yeah, yeah, someone just like madly clicking. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's I think it's interesting that you know the score. Uh, the, the multiplier and stuff like that, having, um, you know, randomized object placement that, yes. how, yeah, it can't be just like, okay, I remember where everything mm. is, going to the level, if it was a speed-based thing, and just be like, bop, 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 whereas this actually like, okay, you know, to get the high score, you're actually going to have to put some, some work into it, so that's interesting, but, um, yeah, uh, as you say, the score thing, not not for me, it's just like, I was like, "Oh, these are numbers." <laughs> I'm just enjoy- <laughs> I'm just enjoying like the, these the are relaxing. Uh, yeah, just being being in those uh, little diorama diorama worlds for a bit. So yeah. nice. Uh, but I- yeah, I could see how if you're going to be the uh, speed champion of out of sight, that would be very frustrating. <laughs> but again, I, I feel like it's not a great match. But I like that they're mm. allowing for that option, type of yeah. gameplay. Mm, absolutely. Uh, so, to round out, um, out of sight uh, by Ninja Duck Games. Yep, I um, think it's the sole developer yep. called Adam. I so. think oh, so. Thank you for the codes, Adam. Cool. Um, yeah, and really the, the soundtrack. Yeah, soundtrack's by Purple Cat. Double R. Purple Cat. Which makes sense, right? Indeed. Yes. Good. Uh, let's open up some more drinks if everyone is ready. Lucy, we will come back to you mm. first. Yeah, I really enjoyed that cider. Good. I could be the winner. Who knows? Um, yes, I bought a beer from Fractal. Oh, wait, no, that's the name of the beer. Who do I to buy it from? <laughs> uh, e- Equilibrium Brewery. <laughs> Oh, um, here in New York. Yeah, a little American brewery. Mm. Bought this from Leftfield Beer here in Birmingham, and they get quite a few uh, overseas beers um, before Brexit and now after Brexit. So, yeah, they got a good range, though. I think they deliver to all of the country now okay. um, for free if it's over sixty-five pounds, I believe. So, plug, plug, plug the local uh, Birmingham suppliers. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes, this is called Fractal, and it's a Motueka Galaxy um, IPA. On the can it says, Simple Complex IPA. Which one is it? (laughs) Is it simple or is it complex? (sighs) Oh, that bothers me. I don't know. Yeah, it says... You see it? It says, Simple simple complex. Complex. IPA. Yep. I mean, it's a little blurry, so it kind of looks like Stigma mm. Complex IPA. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can see it in my yeah, eyes. Yeah. Aren't that bad? It definitely <laughs> says Simple Complex IPA. I mean, uh, <laughs> this is the problem with just feeling like you need to put words on things. Mm. I, I, I don't know what that means, but um, let's have a look. Sometimes no flavor text is uh, the right flavor text, is what I'm saying. Yeah. This is just how I shouldn't drink it if I'm pregnant or driving. Yeah, don't do either of those things. Oh, it says refrigerate at 38 degrees Fahrenheit, so it tells you 
In English, like please. <laughs> that was in English. <laughs> you mean uh, metric? These Fahrenheit's. Yeah, he means in EU is what he means. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no uh, flavor text that I can see. It's just an okay. IPA. No, yeah. It's simple and complex. Good. So. I'm glad. I'm glad. We shall see uh, what it is like. Adol, what is your second beer for the evening? It's a beer. It is this Good. beer. Lucy had it, or talked about having had, had it mm-hmm. uh, a few weeks ago. It is from the Newburgh Brewery. It's um, the Twice Upon a Time Double IPA. It is a sultry 8.5%. Uh, it contains barley, oats, and wheat. The allergens are in bold. It is vegan. Ah, there we go. Sorry, I was like, I, I couldn't find. I was like, I know I found flavor text. Why can't I find it? It's uh, in a 440ml can. Uh, a hop lover's prize catch that's as beautifully balanced as it is big, with just enough sweetness of body to make the long game a pleasure. Drink it in your favorite place. Store cool. Drink fresh. Taste is big, dank, and tropical. The hops are Strata Mosaic Citra and Idaho Seven. So another fairly hopped. Multi-hopped beer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Good. Um, I, on my small, very fast trip to the bottle shop, or not even to the bottle shop, just to a, a store, because I had other groceries that I needed to buy this evening. Uh, so I, I picked one that I knew had some had some nice craft beer in. I mm-hmm. also went for a new Bristol Brewery beer. Uh, not remembering the one that you'd had, I kind of randomly picked. And I grabbed an IPA, 6%. What time is love? Which has a little bit of flavour text. Oodles of lush, tropical flavours with a soft, pillowy backdrop. A full-bodied and highly drinkable beer. The taste is tropical. Tropical? <laughs> Pickle. Tropical love bomb. The hops are mosaic, sabro, and a cuanot. Sabro and a cuanot are an interesting mix. Yeah, I've had that beer mm. before. Oh, good. Ooh, good. ooh. We should God. Sorry, I just got I got a waft from leaning over to put the can on the ground, which is a sign of a strong nose where you're not even close, and you're like, oh, yep, and it distracts me. Um, mm. Lucy. We'll come mm. back to you for the equilibrium. Uh, yeah. we've, we've we've dabbled in American beers, um, and they've always been, you know, up there. They've always been good quality beers. What's the equilibrium? I don't know if I've had anything from Equilibrium. Mm. Oh yeah, I, I got think a this look. might be my first as well. Um, I yeah, I it I smells have. delightful. Mm. Yeah, deal. You talking about just the smell it's giving off? This is just you have to get your nose a bit closer to it, but. It smells lovely. It smells very, very tropically. Um, it, it smells like it's going to be quite sweet. Okay. Or if that's at least just what I'm getting on the nose. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good-looking beer. It poured it for nice uh, one finger, like really white head, um, straw in colour, a bit cloudy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the smell is the smell's gorgeous. Good. Bodes well for what's coming next. It's it's very soft. It's very. Mm. I mean, there's not much carbonation. Yeah, hardly you hardly any seen any bubbles. 
I think maybe coming off the cider as well. Mm. Um, this is just like completely in the opposite direction. It's very, it's very still. It's not flat, but it's very. It, it's not very carbonated at all. It's not even that hoppy, but. Mm. I think that's definitely a, a trait of at least kind of New York brewers, just having a very, mm. very soft um, mouthfeel to them. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, still water from uh, the US. Uh, still water artisanal. I'm thinking of still Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like still. So, Ben. Hmm. <laughs> I'm sure you recall episode 232. Yes. Where we talked about um, Solitary Conspiracy. And you spoke about the Dreamwave Inception from Equilibrium Brewery. Oh, good. I'm glad you checked. I was super curious. I'm like, I I swear I've heard this semi-recently. And and, and the thing is, I was like, it might have been me. And I don't remember anything about this. And then I was like, ah, good. I mean, I probably would still not remember anything about it, but now it's on Ben. That's so much I'm, better for me. I mean, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad I drank. Usually, very good. Wow, well, yeah, well, that's so. yeah. You're, you're allowed one off. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, it's still water. Uh, still water from. Is it from? Did I say Baltimore? Baltimore. Still water. Okay. Google it quick. Still water. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't do that search. The search that was like actually helpful for the conversation. <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 very soft, but it's still getting those. As I say, it's not flat. It's it, it's just very Baltimore. Yeah, it's very yeah. Okay, Baltimore. Okay. Um. Yeah, this is gorgeous. Like it, it's, it, no. it just tastes really good. It's not as sweet as I feared it would be. Um, maybe it's just like it's getting a little bit of maltiness, like a bit of like little caramel maltiness mm. at the end but it's not overwhelmingly malty which is because it's, it kind of reminds me of like a old school west coast ipa mm. where it's like got that malty backbone still getting a little bit of bitterness but this is more fruity than, mm-hmm. than that and, and less hoppy what was the abb yeah, just on that malt reminds me of i that. forgot um you said, but I, I just... didn't say. I think you did, I but I just... I think I said it. Oh. 6.8%. Okay. But yeah, it's really easy. It really nice. Is. Yeah, it's sort of why I asked, because I was like, it sounds like it's deceptive. That's good. Oh yeah, you could knock this back, thinking it's like 4%. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm just like, oh no. Um, yeah, you're not getting any of that alcohol. Hmm. Like that sweetness, I think, is coming from the malt rather than like the the ABV and the alcohol. That's so good. It's 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 just got so much flavour in it, so much tropical flavour. But it's it, it's not even. It doesn't feel like a massive fruit bomb mm-hmm. at the same time. It it's sort of got like yeah, just this nice mangoey, maybe slightly peach um, flavour to it, but. Yeah, it's just soft and easy. It's, it's 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 probably light to medium bodied, and it's just so so quaffable. It's like the, the the cider. I you know let sit for a while because it's like got all the flavor that I needed from that after a few sips, and it was just very nice. It was very it's something that you'd sip throughout the day. But this is 
I want to drink this because it just tastes so nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I want to go back for more, not because you know it's dried dried on my fat or anything like that. It's because it just tastes so good. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's fair. I'm really impressed with this. Nice, good, good. Mm. Keep drinking it, and we will jump to uh, to two new Bristol brewery beers. Mm. Adol, we'll jump to you first for the double IPA. Oop. Apologies, listeners. I definitely clipped the microphone with the pint glass. Uh, it is hazy, almost mm. like juicy. I would say, looking, it's just like if it wasn't for this top bit with the um, head, it just looks like a like a really um, puree full mango juice or something, just yes. in color. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, it, it does have. Tropical and um, slight, slightly sweet citrus, but mostly just sort of sweet tropically um, nose. I want to say I had to, I, now I now I I said the word mango. And now my brain is saying mango. And then I second guess because is it because I said mango before? But I'd say some mango and a little bit of passion fruit on the nose. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, it's something a little deeper. I can't quite pinpoint but um mm. sorry i'm just taking a moment to swish it around holy shit sorry i just remembered this was like eight percent or something yeah this is eight point this is this will fuck you up i'm saying because it's not eight point five percent i um i mean this in the most polite and specific way because as i was swishing i was like oh this is really tasty ah man i could have another one right afterwards i want to explore this um there's a really interesting maltiness sort of on the backbone that has a moment during the fish finish that kind of comes out just give it a little bit of biscuitiness um but primarily you just got this sweetness i think probably from the 8.5 percent um and actually, I like the fact that the tropicaliness is mostly in the nose. It's kind of more understated. So it's much more... It, I mean, this is why I think it's dangerous, because it tastes much more like a not-in-your-face IPA. There's a slight bitterness, ever so much dankness, a really interesting maltiness that um, surprises me but helps bring things together. Uh, and then it's it's lightly tropical. It's a very drinkable, casual IPA. Oh wait, it's eight point five percent. And I mean I mean that in a really good way, in the sense that like I really like the balance of everything. And it's I think it's because it's so well balanced that it's kind of deceptive. Because usually an eight point five percent beer, you're like something that's trying to cover it up or something that isn't. I.e., it's just real sweet. So that sickly sweetness that is a stronger beer and this is just like i said it's a bit of tropical a bit of malty a slight bit of dankness and then the sweetness from the alcohol but they're all kind of gelling together in a way that isn't like a mash like you mm-hmm. still notice all those things i'm still i can tune into them but overall it's just like ah yeah this is good tasting slightly tropical iba nice normally good tasting slightly tropical slightly tropical ipas yeah i have four in a session right like that's i think the thing i was saying whether this will fuck you up it's just because it's it fits in the slot of a beer that um normally is like four percent 
uh, and is doing it at, at double that percentage and is doing it really well and it's very tasty and I suspect that extra alcohol is is helping stitch things together um, mm-hmm. but also is kind of dangerous um, yeah I know the thing. I love, um, dangerous. The, love a dangerous this is the same Mm. So, Lucy, you had had this weeks ago. Do you remember? I mean, it's fine if you don't. I don't want to put you yeah, on the spot. I, but. Uh, no, no, I, I do because I really enjoyed it. Because, yeah, I fully agree. You couldn't taste the 8.5%. Um, I thought it was really piney, and I really liked that about it. Yeah, I guess that's that's the sort of bittering middle bit. I think yeah. what's interesting is that it usually this type of strong beer that's piney finishes piney but the piney is kind of mm-hmm. in the second to last place and the finish isn't mm. as piney as like there's like a piney moment at least for for mm. my taste <laughs> um but it doesn't finish super piney which is why i think it's dangerous because usually when like if something finishes piney it's kind of bitter and you're like oh right this and actually it finishes kind of sweet which makes you kind of just neutral ground you're like oh right i had this thing and i'll mm. have another sip versus Oh, I've you know I'm in the finish of a beer. I'll let that pass, and like it's dangerous because like it, it finishes so lightly. I think is is yeah. what I will add. It's yeah, you're right. I think I I may misunderstood how much how piney it is, but it's because it's it doesn't finish that way. And, and normally this yeah. type of beer finishes where the pininess is is is, is the end. Mm-hmm. It's yeah yeah. I I think I get got a bit more like. I, I think I realized that it was 8.5% like after a bit like I think I still got that like kind of warming booziness um, that makes sense so yeah I was like this I can tell it's strong but at the same time it's not strong in a sense it's a strong in oh in the back of my mind my subconscious don't drink this too quickly <laughs> but but in terms of taste it's like yes just really I, I can easy. see why this would be <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I, I the, the tags that I gave it on Untapped was tropical, dank, piney, and strong. So mm. basically, what you said, mm. a deal. So, nice. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Good, really good. good. I just, I just want to quickly go back to mm. this uh, yeah, equilibrium. Uh, just like I think the water quality is just so good. I think that's what mm. gives it its like softness. Um, it kind of reminds me a bit of like Daya or oh. Verdant or the- or Polly's. What are they called? Local polys. Yeah, polys. Like, yeah. Probably more so polys. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, That's you're, what this is you're saying me of that the Welsh are importing mm-hmm. New York water. Or vice versa. <laughs> no, I think, I think what Somewhere she's saying Atlantic, is that they Atlantic should Atlantic rename New York to New Cardiff. <laughs> or New Newport? I mean, New Newport would be good. It's already been what was it, New Amsterdam before? Just, just yeah. keep, just change it on a one hundred year basis. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to give a, you know, UK equivalent, I'd say it's probably most like Polly's. Mm. I mean, that's high price. But it's, it's just, yeah, it's it's gorgeous. It's really good. good. I want another one. <laughs> I I now want nah. to find more <laughs> equilibrium, and by mm. that I mean any because yeah. I think I have. <laughs> I don't think I've had one, or if I have, it's been off the podcast, which is possible, but not plausible. <laughs> I mean, it's simple, but complex. <laughs> whoa, whoa, everyone, hold, 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 hold. Do you actually, do you actually buy the, 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 like, then they did it. I'd say it's simple. I'd say it's, 
I'd say it's complex in how well balanced it is. There's obviously a lot going on under the hood. Mm. But it's simple in just how good it tastes. It's like, okay. you give this to someone, yeah. it's like, they don't even have to think about it. It's good. Right. It's great. I so. mean, that makes sense. I feel like that's... Yeah, I've definitely it, had th- beers that are simple and mm. complex, but it just... It's a weird thing to put on the tin. Yes. It's a fine <laughs> thing to say, like, in a discussion, <laughs> but be like, it's this, but not this. But actually, yeah. it's this. You'd and imagine this. that something that tastes so great has to probably be a bit complex. They probably went through a few recipes to. I mean, to get something this good. But also, sometimes like it's just magic. Well, like itself. like a, like you have a single hop beer, and it's just mm-hmm. it's just like literally simple mm-hmm. and tastes amazing because they've figured out how to balance the right level of that hop. And I guess that's sort of where it falls apart. It's like, is it? Because it's like simplicity in ingredients, but complex in like taste. Because like a really good sing- single hop uh, beer, for example, like is complex because you under you get to taste the different points on the taste curve of of this hop and what this hop is doing and what how it's interacting with this malt maybe or the you know or how it interacts with the yeast and like it's simple in the sense of very minimal ingredients but complex in the sense of what you get out of it and then you can have the inversion of that right where you have this like blend of a bunch of different things that are like it's complex because i've like the brewer has had to puzzle piece everything together but actually it ends up being more uniform in taste or very more straightforward than you would think um but i still think it's weird pr move like i understand i kind of (laughs) understood what they were going for when they said it but it's like that's just not helpful unless you're some beer twat and then even then you're like are, are you complex in the simple way or are you simple in the complex way mm-hmm. the, the, the beer's called fractal so yeah my two are in galaxy i think they're just work really well together so. nice oh yeah i haven't had that pairing in a while mm. i do have a single hop motueka arbor sat mm. in the fridge oh what's it's... it called i don't know I think it's just called Motueka. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I've had that one. Because it's, it's Arbor, right? Or is it? Yeah. It's a single hop beer, they just call it the hop. Yeah, you're right. I think. Well, no, was, what's, is, isn't the Azak attack just Azak? Maybe, maybe. Is I don't it, know. Pass. Welcome to the weeds. What color is the can? Yeah. Is it, is it purple or is it... No, yeah, it's green. I think it's green. Or is it green? It's green. I'm sure I've had that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I have as well. I just uh, it yeah. was just another nice yeah, beer to, to pick up. Yeah. As, as mm. to, I bought four instead of two for this evening. Uh, mm. But one of the beers I did buy for this evening, the What Time Is Love, six uh, percent mm. IPA from New Bristol Brewery. Um, I've already cracked into. I've already poured the rest of the the tin into my beer, so I only have a third of a pint. <laughs> left yeah, um nice. it, it, it gave me a nice piney nose to start with um a bigger nose than the um well a newtown park uh, a, a bigger nose than i got from that uh, and this combination um I'm, I'm absolutely getting the sabro and the the aquanaut through this as well so you're getting that coconut that that tropical kind of not quite tropical, but that, that, that big coconut kind of flavor, but it's really, really piney. And that works. Mm. That works very, very well. Like, I didn't think it would, but it does. It really works. And mm-hmm. it kind of, again, 
similar to the new town park, it presents almost all at the same time. Mm. So you're getting a slightly sweet coconut flavour sat with this lovely, bitter, piney undertone to it. And the coconut fades a little bit quicker than the pininess. Pininess? Piney flavour. Um, pininess. Pininitude. Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> um And, it, and it, it just, that sticks around just that little bit longer. So I'm left with this nice, actually lasting, this isn't as dry as the first bit, so it lasts that little bit longer, and that piney bitterness sits with me, and it sits and sits and sits and sits, which is really, really nice to have that long finish on this beer, and, and lovely to have that first kind of hit of of flavour, and then peter out into this. Mm. Peter out is probably the wrong term. That sounds like it's disparaging, but it's yeah. not. It it fades nicely into just the uh, the, the piney bitter finish. Um, very very easy. Um, I think the we're all talking about slightly higher beers. Um, which which don't show their ABV. I think you'd peg this definitely about six percent. That 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 piney bitter yeah. finish does elevate it. It's got a lovely mouthfeel, a lovely quality to it. Um, feels full. Um, it's not thick. It's but it's not kind of uh, switching to that sort of oily side. It just has this full mouthfeel to it, yeah. which is very nice. very nice. So very very well made beer. Using a, a, a combination of hops, which I wouldn't usually, or I wouldn't associate being put together, which is great to have that different flavour that I haven't had previously. So, it's always good yeah. considering how much we drink. Absolutely, yeah, completely. Good. Let's drink these. Let's almost finish them in my case, uh, and move on to um, probably only one more topic this evening. But I think it rolls into both what Adol, you and I have been playing, and what I wanted yep. to talk about last week, um, which, in a nutshell, is it's my pillow. No, yeah, no. bye, Lucy. No, no, not at all, Lucy. <laughs> what I wanted to talk about last week was comfort in video games, right? Um, I put an article up on Out of Lives uh, about the comfort that Final Fantasy VII Remake gave me this time last year, released a year ago, which seems absolutely nuts. Um, but I, I got so much comfort from that game, a little bit of the nostalgia factor to it, a little bit of having something constant and playing through something slightly bigger through, uh, you know, through a bit of uncertainty in life, through that initial period of kind of lockdown. Um, but, uh, Adol, you and I have started Final Fantasy XIV, which is, again, a Final Fantasy game, but an MMO, a massively multiplayer online RPG. And I just have to interject for a second. Massively I love multiplayer how that's an acronym. Game. I'll tell you all. <gasps> oh, you've gone. What was that? You interject, <laughs> but you don't. He injected his. You interject, uh, but actually you go away. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> what was that? Sorry. Um, everything went blah, blah, to me. Your and internet then, has had some fun today. It's been shit. I was recording a game which I really enjoyed and I will definitely talk about next week because I will play more of it. Mm. Um, I, I My stupid... My stupid comment that's now become a thing because of internet blipping was I find the acronym MMORPG really fun 
and ridiculous because it shows how dumb we are with language because absolutely everyone says massively multiplayer online rpg yep but like is rpg rocket propelled grenade or is it role-playing game because i want to play a massively multiplayer online rocket (laughs) propelled grenade just tons of them bouncing around everywhere. No, just... no, it's it's not MMORPGs. Somehow it's just the Ooh, one, just... Ben. <laughs> just the one grenade. <laughs> I think and that's a battle Yes, I know now. you could say grenades as the G. I'm just being a dick. Yes. yes. Don't add. Um, the anyway. massively multiplayer online role-playing game, Final Fantasy XIV, has... Um, it, it has given me that same kind of comfort that Final Fantasy VII did. Like, I didn't realise how much I missed an MMO. And I didn't realise how much I missed I did. A, a, a fantasy Final Fantasy setting. Um, I, 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 it, it has just hit that right spot for me at this time. And it, 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 I mean, it does a few extra things. It, it shakes up the kind of the MMO a little bit differently. And and I've gone and watched the no clip Final Fantasy fourteen documentary, which came out in two thousand seventeen. It's it's like the only no clip thing I haven't watched at this time. I think, mm-hmm. um, but I've gone okay. back and watched it. And I didn't know they did one. Yeah, and I, I you know, I knew that Early it had come out and it had been. Uh, it had been stopped and it had kind of come back out as a realm reborn and you know the the, the kind of mythos around that but it was interesting to go and see the actual development side was of the, the team no- talking about that and going through the process and the changes that they'd made and what happened during that time really interesting but the game itself I mean, is also just it's crazy comfort. because that kind of doesn't matter to the, the average player base because it mm. got reborn in what 2010 2011 or something like, that? like it no, came out came out in like 2011 and got reborn in like 2013 2014 something like that might have been a bit earlier than that to be fair i think no it came out in 2010 and i yeah. thought within a year it had reborn no i think reborn I, came I, out I mean, about two years know. afterwards but they cancelled it or they closed the servers about 18 months after Oh, 13, yeah, you, yeah. so so mm. Realm Reborn came out in 2013. Sorry, yes. I didn't mean to derail, I just think no. what I was trying to say was just like, for the longest time, it was like an interesting thing because it was the first time a, a developer and publisher, especially a big one, was like, oh, we fucked up, and mm. we are going to fix this, uh, and it's going to take it's a while. Like- because it was like, and so yes, they rebooted yeah, yeah. all the mechanics and the plot, but was really, really cool is it's called The Realm Reborn because the premise is a calamity happened in the world and these warriors of light came, standard Final Fantasy thing, and saved them. But for some reason, anytime anyone tries to remember them, their memories fade to light. They cannot see a face, but they know that there were these group of people who saved them. That group of people is you in the original rendition of the game. Mm -hmm. And the calamity is, fuck, this game is broken. We're (laughs) going to break. We're just literally going to destroy the world. And the world will have new rules when it comes back. And part of the plot of the new world is that the world rebooted with new world rules. So if you were a person who played the game, it made sense to transition. 
but also mm-hmm. just is a very juicy, interesting plot thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's been like seven, eight years since that happened, and A Realm Reborn is just how most people who play the game yes. think of it, and it's become plot, just generic, just an interesting take on the Final Fantasy crystals, you know, summons, etc. Because um, yeah, the end, they literally had a giant worldwide event where there's a huge battle. And the moon turned into Bahamut, and Bahamut killed everyone. And they, no one, there was never a chance anyone could win, but you didn't know it at the time because they were rebooting everything. And it, it's such a interesting and like laudable and fascinating narrative versus development dovetailing. Mm. But also. the actual goat man, or is there a Final Fantasy Bahamut? There is a Final Fantasy Bahamut. Yeah, Bahamut in dragon. Final Fantasy is a. Right, it's not the. It, it's not the goat. goat. No, he, he's a giant dragon. He's always <laughs> a giant <laughs> dragon in Final Fantasy. Um, <laughs> Dependent yeah. on the Final Fantasy, there's Bahamut. There's Neo Bahamut. There's Bahamut Zero. I mean, I mean depends on which game. Yes, yeah. depends on which Final Fantasy. Okay, okay. Come on, and Lucy, none of the Bahamut. Yeah. Come on, Lucy. That, Aren't you up on no. your Final Fantasy Bahamuts? So, so is it? So it's the law. That's I don't know anything. So about um, Final Fantasy or the MMO. Like with with Final game. Fantasy, uh, with Final Fantasy, there are kind of like core themes, which sort of always transition through different um, different games so like seven isn't related to eight eight isn't related to nine they're not related to 10 11 12 but then you do get like 10 and 10 2 and 13 and 13 2 so some of the games do have sequels and but they all have consistent themes through them so sort of the use of crystals so is it those and, themes that are like is that your comfort rather than like it's, so it's both similarities in no, gameplay? No, so it's both. Or? So for for my comfort with fourteen, Thanks. it is both. It is the Final Fantasy themes, but it's also my love of MMOs and yeah. uh, the amount okay. of you know I've played EverQuest, I've played uh, Ultima Online, I played a lot of World of Warcraft, um, played some City of Heroes villains. Uh, there's a lot of MMOs which I have dabbled in, which I have really got into. And mm-hmm. it is it is both. It's having that MMO. I played a lot of Final Fantasy XI as well, which was which was the what first Final Fantasy my MMO, my favorite um, MMO of all time. And it, it it's just both of those elements, which I just find really comforting that I can just get into this game, and be like, yep, yeah, I'm just going to go and do this. I I know it's it's easy. I understand how this works. I can go and do it, uh, and it just gives me a sense of joy. From it, yeah, um, yeah, yeah I, I, I completely get yeah. that. Like that's that's the that's what I mood I'm in these days. Like, I I I was playing Castlevania: Aria of Sorrow, which I alluded to last week. That's a good game. Yeah. Um, I played that, and I was gonna be like, okay, that's enough for the Wii U Virtual Console for now. But I was then I just loaded up. Um, uh, Metroid Fusion. Uh, I, I knew I shouldn't have taken the second dopamine hit right after because you know <laughs> there's only so many of these Castlevania games or, or Metroid games to, to go around. And I was like, maybe spread out the cocaine throughout the year. But I was just like, nah, I need another. Just bump. have it all now, mate. This, this fucking year, you do it all if you can. <laughs> yep. Yep. 
So it just rolled straight into Metroid Fusion. It's just like, yes, these are my comfort games. Mm. It's just like, I, I just want to see this map unfold. Mm. Good. Good. Discover. Even though Metroid Fusion is very linear, but it's just, it's just, it's like being back at home. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's like I know, I know, you know. Okay, I know all these power ups. I know where the secrets are going to be. I know where the wall meat is. I know, <laughs> I know which which uh, which wall is like a false wall, and I can just hack through. It's just like yes, and just oh, it's so good. Nice. So so yeah, that's what I've been playing well, we'll, <laughs> recently. So I completely get. We'll jump to you in a second, Adol. Um, but for for me, like I don't experience that kind of you know this this level of comfort in a game very often and and lucy you know Mm -hmm. going back to that and and experiencing that for the last few games that you have played is this something that you kind of try and get in you know once a year or do you just find yourself going back to it you know uh, on a regular basis I, i i just find myself like just Going back to these games is not exactly the, the right term because a lot of these games that it's like I only played a little bit of, mm. or it's the first time me playing it. Like I've never played Castlevania Aria Sorrow before, yep. so and Metroid Fusion is mostly new to me as well. So, um, but they're the same formula, mm-hmm. like so. It's just very much like I. I mean, these are the games that I grew up on. These are the games that I love, and it's just like oh. Give me that. Just yeah. Get, just right into my veins. Um, <laughs> so, so I get it. It's like I do not have that attachment to MMOs because I never played one. And yeah. I don't think I'd ever play one. But um, I, 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 I get that. It's, it's like yeah, you just need that comfort. And yeah, we. It's like it's like playing on my Switch. It's like I just play it on the tablet in mm. bed in the morning and in the evening. So. Yeah, I'm probably just gonna like roll into sort of a few more um, games on that library. But I was just thinking, like, oh, I have Donkey Kong Country free to play on my Switch now as well. So I love those games. And, it, and, and I suppose with having that style of genre as being that comfort for you, you're you're quite lucky in a way that a lot of newer games lean into that. You know, they they try and capture. Mm that level of, um, you know, um, kind of not just the Metroidvania elements of those, but they, they lean back into the aesthetic, into the into the sort of the yeah. soundtracks and things like that. So we're getting modern equivalents of those as well. So you've always yeah. got a, uh, a kind of a steady slate of new titles that, mm-hmm. that are trying to vie for your attention, but that, that, that you're at a level that you can sit there and be like, yeah, this is hit. This is absolutely hit that kind of bar for me in terms of me feeling that comfort with this game. And yes, it's new, yeah. it's new lore and new characters and all of these sorts of things. But so much of this reminds me of X or Y, you know, Castlevania yeah. or Metroid or, or, or whatever, and just be able to, to have that on a repeat kind of basis. Absolutely. Like, um, I'm just waiting for that. Next Hollow Knight game, I really yeah. want that. But um, yeah, because even even like in these new games, I I just find like I know where the secrets are just because they've obviously played those yes. games. They designed those to the, which is to the same tune. Such a nice 
and like more yeah. subtle than you give it credit <laughs> for to like feeling of like i'm good at this because i'm good at these not i'm good at mm-hmm. this because i'm good at games if that mm. makes sense <laughs> right like it's yes. just like oh i know these ones i've played enough of these ones i get it um yeah absolutely because yeah. i'm terrible at games and, yeah <laughs> false I completely false mo- metro- <laughs> Yeah, I only say that because I, if, people are like that if, was hard. It was like what? If you say you're terrible at games, then I am lower than terrible, and I'm okay with being terrible. I just don't need to make it worse. Two <laughs> D games, I'm okay at. Three D, maybe not so. But um, yeah, I just yeah, it's just as I say, with something as linear as not linear, but just the scope of a Metroid game yeah. made twenty years mm. ago is not massive so it's like they all follow the same mm-hmm. you know theme and it's linear in that sense where it's like okay i know i'm gonna get the morph ball now yeah so, so it's like yeah it's just oh, good stuff good. just 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 snorting it all every night you know just <laughs> right into my veins right into my bloodstream. um nice. so good perfect uh, um, um yeah uh, I, I I don't know whether it's a whether it's something that you can pick out as well, and you know exactly kind of what your what your comfort is. I know um, previously, like you've struggled with the whole idea of like completionism and things like that, and and sort of being like, I want to play these games, or I want to play these games. Is there something that just drags you in, and you sit there and think, <laughs> Yeah, this is this is it. This can is I, absolutely it. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think the answer is Magic the Gathering. <laughs> I mean, so you say that, but actually, um, and I think it's pandemic-related, uh, is um, the last expansion came out, and I like the cards, and I've watched people, I've done, watched, like, essentially Let's Plays of people doing it. Never really, I haven't played since the expansion came out. I don't know what mm. it is. I've just been like, need a break. Um, I have played Magic on webcam with Spelltable, um, which is like a online website that, like, you basically put your, you know, camera above your table. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it can resolve and it's real, getting your lighting is right, but it has a card recognizer. So if you can get mm-hmm. it right, the whole point is instead of every time you do a thing, be like, hey, what does that card do? Because it's just, right, you can kind of click and figure it out or at least look at the history. Um, but other than that, I haven't really been playing Magic and I find that very strange, but I think it's pandemic-y um mm. but um yeah what is your comfort game because you've been playing a lot of different mm-hmm. games on stream. i mean so on stream so. it's great because i don't have my completionism because it's just play this for one to two hours what i do for out of lives right like i just do this we get a key and i play a game and I like the game, and I don't have to worry about going back to it. So, like, the game, um, the one that looks, like, super hot that I can't remember its name now because I'm bad. Uh, fights in Tight Yeah, spaces. thank you. Tights and Fight Spaces. Um, <laughs> I really liked, but I'm also okay with never going back to it because I get to view it that way, which is very healthy for me. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. um, but... Right now, actually, Final Fantasy XIV is doing the Final Fantasy thing because I was like, oh, I miss an old RPG. And actually, one of the things I've done 
because Ben and I play on stream on Wednesdays, but then we've also started other characters on a different server. And those other characters, we've kind of done some of the group quests together, mm -hmm. but it's like, I've kept going today because actually those the, the main quest line is feeding my itch for Final, Final Fantasy games. Um, I, I mean, I'm basically still under level 20 of online like of the quest schema and mostly i just want to be able to unlock these uh, advanced jobs because i feel stupid but because like when one job is at 30 and you never play it again and you don't want to keep playing the game past 30 which is a weird thing about final fantasy 14 because they have classes and jobs but the other thing is just it's doing that thing that i almost started playing ff12 because the, like remaster is on games pass mm. And I was like, oh, that sounds like that sounds like my jam. But actually, between having access to a bunch of different classes and jobs and their own storylines in FF14 and also the main storyline, I'm getting a lot from that. Um, my happy place is kind of JRPG land. Um, one of the things that I I just saw today was that Octopath Traveler is coming to Xbox Game Pass. Oh, and I okay. didn't finish oh, it really? on Switch, but actually it came to PC, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, came out on PC like last yeah. year. Uh, I didn't. Yeah, I I was surprised you didn't say anything, Ben. I assumed you hadn't seen it. Um, no, but like I, that makes me think just because most of my gaming is being done on the PC these days. And I've been thinking about going back to Octopath, but then it's like, if it's coming to Game Pass next month, I would rather restart anyway. Maybe I won't play it on the Switch. Because hmm. even though it looks really good on the Switch, um, like on the on the handheld version of the Switch, that type of game, like an RPG, I like, I like them because of their epic scale and I want to play them on a screen. Like my screen is literally that, right? Like... I use a television for a reason, and mm -hmm. it makes my actual day-to-day -day work sometimes more cumbersome. Doesn't matter. Um, so then, if it's coming to Game Pass, it's like um, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll wait and then restart it kind of fresh mm. on the PC version because I want to go back to it, um, but it's a lot easier to start regularly, and it's just a new page. So, yeah. But I, I think, yeah. yeah, mostly it's like narratives and gameplay mechanics that are kind of strategic, but not intensely difficult. Like JRPGs are great yeah. for, it's this thing, and maybe it's this thing on three levels, but honestly, like if you aren't good at it, just go over there and play for a bit and you'll be bigger. It'll be fine, uh, which lets you do the narrative. But if you are engaged with it, you can sort of attack the narrative really quickly and mm. make it hard but if you are not in the mood you just wander away and grind for a bit in a well-designed jrpg or rpg in general but this is sort of my bread and butter of this type of thing is you never are that you never have to grind that much to like outclass a love an area you might have difficult difficulty with and it then never makes the next area bad like it's one of the things i really liked about final fantasy 7 is by the time, like the original one, there were just so many cool things to do that I still felt like I was fighting battles, but I never felt like I was fucked. Like, oh, I need to grind over there. And it's because yeah. they gave enough side things that were yep. interesting. 
And some of the other Final Fantasies haven't been that way. Yes. And you're like, ah, oh, fuck. Actually, I like the main story, but I can't play right now. I'll have to go over there. I guess this cheesy side quest or this lack of side quest is what I do. Um, and that's sort of my sweet spot. And that's why I think I've been playing a bunch of FF14, not just because, you know, it, my friend's playing, I'm playing, this is a big deal in 2021. Um, but uh, also because it just hits that sweet spot really well. And I think like their numbers have increased over the past year and a half. And part of that is because you're stuck at home and you're looking for a game. But the other part is just, it's a solid MMO experience mm -hmm. and it's yeah, a solid yeah. FF experience. And for chumps like me, I kind of like both those things. No, I've had like very good things about it. What was the like last like big expansion? Shadowbringers. People wanted. To, That's the. I, it might yeah. have been that one after. End something is the new one, isn't no, it? No, end, end is the new one. End it comes out in Heaven's. Heaven's so, yeah, World. it's Realm Reborn, Heaven's Sword, Shadowbringers, and then another S one. And the S ones I might have gotten confused. Swiggly. Yeah. I, I just remember it was a year or two ago. Yeah, the the one that came out the most that recently. People wanted to. Yeah, that wanted wanted to like nominate it for like Game of the Year mm. awards and yeah. stuff because it was like, well, it must have been fantastic. So, so that's the thing. It seems like it's only getting better despite being what ten years old. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that's, is that's the impressive. new expansion that they've announced. They announced last month, like a week and a half ago. Um, mm -hmm. a week and a half ago. Don't at me. Um, is uh, it comes out su supposedly September, and it's capping off this storyline of all these expansions. Mm -hmm. And they've said explicitly, and it's called End Bringers or End Something. I think it's and End said, Walker. Yeah, End Walker. There we go. Sorry, I just said something that sounds better because End Bringer sounds more. I mean, it does absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But the 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 thing that's really interesting is they've said. We've been doing this for you know four expansions. This is the end of that storyline that we've like we woven into the last few expansions. The next expansion will be a new story, mm. okay. which is I think a better way than like kind of WoW did, where they tried to stretch things out. Mm -hmm. um, because it's like, well, how do we? It's like, oh. Mm, we really didn't think people would still want to play this a bunch after level 90 or whatever, and it kind of got stale. Um, and it's like, no, actually, fine. We'll just figure out how to write a story. We're smart. We'll figure out how to write a story with people who are this strong who went through a thing, which I think is, is very smart because especially for a Final Fantasy MMO versus a generic one because the plot matters, right? Like, when you ask people why they like FF7, it's not just because they could cast Knights of Round and watch a 75-hour cutscene of one summon doing 9999 damage, right? It's because the the, the, the narrative is really interesting. Yes. And That's an a MMO paced game. Yeah, and an MMO kind of struggles with how can I be... Well, any sort of service-based game, right, will struggle with how do I maintain please keep playing me with my plot is important mm -hmm. and so they've hit it i think they've just like i don't know they, i don't know i haven't played any of the expansion content i've played it a couple times before um, but never got far enough in the game for that to matter but like 
it, from like like Lucy said, from what people uh, people seem to really like the writing there, mm-hmm. and it makes sense for them to let the writers finish the story, and then deal with what it means to own this game like afterwards, rather than kind of dilute the ending for monetary reasons. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I I, I think. Um... They, you know, these all of these games have learned from past successes, um, and I seem to remember kind of anecdotally that EverQuest Two didn't do anywhere near as well as EverQuest did. You know, people didn't make that shift across from EverQuest and its eight plus expansions or whatever that had over to EverQuest Two. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think it was called Titan, codename Titan, which was like World of Warcraft Two. Or Blizzard's next big kind of MMO got cancelled, and they decided then to make Overwatch instead, and mm, uh, and right, yeah. and and continue with WoW expansions. You know, these kinds of things. It's 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 interesting that we've we're going to this um, live service kind of thing with games that wouldn't traditionally feel like that. Yet the games that are live services, that the MMOs of the world, are trying to expand their lifetime rather than just being like, right, now buy a new game. Start again. Yeah. There you go. It's 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 adding to that constantly. And I you know, that's not sort of um not part of my idea of of comfort. I'm very low level. I don't know how far I'll go through Final Fantasy fourteen and kind of what I'm getting from it now. But it's nice to know that there is a ton of things that I, mean, I can continue to do for as long as it holds me, basically. So, I mean, I think we don't really have the time to go into kind of the the give and take of the free version that you signed up yeah, for. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a very clever thing they did, which is there are limitations, probably talk about it in the next couple of weeks just because i suspect we'll play some more mm-hmm. but giving an account which ostensibly can play the initial classes sorry jobs don't worry about it um until sort of a high level ro- like you can do a lot of content without paying for it mm-hmm. um and though the trade-off is as soon as you start paying for the game because you want something that's in the locked off area you can no longer mm-hmm. you no longer get to so it's like on the free pass you get up to level 70 any job any class but it has limitations as soon as you pay once you no longer get that free pass yeah you're tied which i in think then. it yeah so which is why i ended up renewing for the month just because i was like ah oh, one of the limitations is you can't party Someone needs to own the game to party. <laughs> ben and I are going to play but together. We need to party. Yeah, I get. Um, I, I, I didn't. I don't want to go into that because I think it'll be better if we spend the time to talk about that in this maybe following week. But mm-hmm. um, it's very smart to give an introduction, especially because like there's a lot of acceleration in the game, and you can get through that interesting plot with almost no real strong effort now, which mm-hmm. I remember when I, I think I first played this game in 2014 and like there was grinding, like there was like actual gotta play, gotta like to get between the main storyline quests, there was a lot of faff in between. And now they've like between 
server boosts and items you get and just general like optimization they've done you can kind of just level any job up via the main quest storyline yes. like if you just do those beats you will be leveling up and i remember how it wasn't like that and that makes sense with like my memories of wow and other other games like that where it's like part of the game is just fucking around in the game and you just that's what an mmo is but what a mature mmo that has lasted 10 years is is different yep and i've never really hopped in 10 years later let alone a game i kind of played for the first half seven years ago and i'm coming back and have vague recollections I'm like there's this is so easy and so quick <laughs> huh yeah yeah good. anyway good let's finish there then for this week and we will come back and discuss our beers uh, before signing off for the evening. Lucy, we'll come back to you first. I say beers. Mm. Um, you had a beer and a cider. Yeah, I Is did, there indeed. a preference? And yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the cider, maybe any other week, might have, might have clinched it, yeah. you know. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. But cannot wax lyrical enough about that fractal beer from equilibrium mm. it, it it's it's like five stars for me it's, wow. it's just so good it's really soft really really easy to drink but it's it's just got so much flavor to it and it, it as i say it's fruity but it, it doesn't go into that realm of where where it's just like this is just like a a juice or squash mm. or something. It still re- retains that, that that beeriness to it. It's still got, you know, nice malty backbone. It's still got a, a bit of bitterness at the end. It's just it's just so good, so well balanced. Um, yeah, I can't I can't say too many good things nice. about it because I really want to buy this again <laughs> or just see what else this brewery is because mm. I'm really impressed. And mm. As you said, Ben, you know, like. The beers that we do get imported from from America, usually good because it's they're not just you know it takes a lot to get beer yeah I was saying beer it, and it's like people are just not going to buy swill. From I mean, so it's like it's a it's, it's one of those things where too. when you get an international craft beer in wherever you are, um, there's a notion of quality that usually comes with it because it has to be the best of what they offer to get it here and yeah. maintain it here so in some ways it's easier to pick like an american craft beer than a generic uk craft beer in the uk because if it made it here and someone's consistently selling it it has to be good enough that people are buying it mm. from the exactly. u.s while the yeah. like transportation costs and just just the cost is lower yeah um but also uh god I, i'm gonna have to track down anything by them um yeah, I mean, this is just my impressions of one beer, so hopefully they don't let me get it down yeah, again. But, but also, it's like this should be couriered on a silk pillow because it's just soft <laughs> and easy. And just, I was going to say, it, also, you. So <laughs> I don't think I've ever been let down by a Lucy recommendation, so. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Good. But yeah, I, I, I think it's a knockout Good. beer. So, Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. But if you're looking for a cider, I really like that cider mm. as well. What was um, it called, the cider again? Alska. Um, I actually, it was actually on Untapped. Um, they do all sorts of flavors. This one's the cloudy Sicilian lemon. 
yeah, it's really, really good, really soft, really easy to drink, very crisp, not too sugary, um, not not gassy at all, just just a really good cider, nice. you know, like premium cider. You just think, hmm, this could be a strong bow. Mm. Um, ah, yes. So, <laughs> grow, growing up, but it, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's good. Growing up in in Canada, um, we didn't have ciders. We had Strongbow on at on tap at like Irish pubs <laughs> um, and that's what cider was to me which was why when I moved here I'm like oh it's a big cider country uh, culture here eh oh, hey wow I just fucked that up I went straight back to Canada for a second anyway yeah I was just like cider no like cider's the like trash right right uh, I just didn't understand, you know, it, which is funny because I already like really liked um, micro brews and craft brews, etc. So I understood the depth of beer. But for whatever reason, I think it's just because it literally was if there was a cider, it was Strongbow. So in mm. my head, it was just like cider is that drink, not this variety of drink, that drink and that drink, not my cup of tea to mix metaphors. Um <laughs> Yeah, and and so I came here, and it was like, oh, oh, yeah, like, ah, yeah, like cloudy. I like cloudy up. ciders, and they can be a little uh, uh, jaunty and tart. A swift education in Bristol. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> what, what uh, about your beer, Adol? Have you have you got a pick for this evening? Yeah, and it's not my pith for this evening, unfortunately. It's my oh. pick for this evening. Um, so I. Uh, competition was revenge of the piff from s43 and uh twice upon a time from um new bristle brewery um i guess what really cinched it for me is so this has four hops and this has one two three four five six hops and um, I could tell this had more than one hop. Right. Um, yep. And obviously I'm being very glib, but like the New Bristol Breweries, Twice Upon a Time, there were some layers and some texture, and I could, I could definitely tell that, you know, it was, you know, I was getting some tropical and some citrus, um, and also some dankness, and there was just depth to the beer. Mm-hmm. And for better or for worse, like they might have just been aiming for this. All of the hops in the Revenge of the Pith were kind of like this was a beer that was I am a West Coast IPA, and I have this citrus, like this huge puree grapefruit, and then some blood orange to help sweeten it out, so it wasn't kind of too bitter or tart um but all all six of those hops seem to be like trying to hide themselves to help push this um grapefruit blood orange type message Mm -hmm. um which was good but wasn't so interesting like it's not just that i'm like oh there's six and i didn't feel like there were six that's not what i'm trying to say i'm just saying like it seems like the effort that was put into the Revenge of the Pith was 
to really highlight the interplay between uh, West Coast IPA and these pureed um, citruses. Mm-hmm. And it kind of came off as like two note because of that. And it might have been well planned or designed such that you weren't distracted by these other things. But ultimately, it was just less dynamic as a result. While the um, Twice Upon a Time, I felt, had moments of dankness and tropicalness and a little bit of citrus. And it just, it it's not like, so it still only had one or two main, like, this is what I'm doing notes. But underneath and behind, it, it kind of had like, it's like the difference between an artist being unplugged by themselves in the street versus having their backup singers and their bassist and their percussionist. Like, it's not that the Twice Upon a Time is was trying to do something above and beyond what maybe the Pith was doing. It's just like, oh, right, here's the IPA play card, but also I'm going to make sure you get that I have these people around and they're just supporting me, and this mm-hmm. is just going to make this a more musical experience. Yes, yes, yes. And the Revenge of the Pith was kind of like, I'm going to try and hide the fact that they're helping me. Mm. Uh, and so even if they're doing their job well, it kind of comes off as these are the, like, it's this voice and this instrument and the rest doesn't exist or doesn't matter when actually I kind of prefer the wider interesting thing, even if everyone's still unplugged, yeah, I guess, fair. to yeah, yeah. continue mixing the metaphor. But yeah. I like it right now. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Uh, so finally for me this week, uh, I'm going to pick the Newtown Park beer. Um, I like. I really liked both beers. Both beers are very, very good, and I would encourage you to pick both beers up. The New Bristol Brewery, that mix of Sabro and Acuna, really nice. Makes a lovely, lovely flavour. It's very, very easy. I just think the Newtown Park is an excellent West Coast IPA. It does that style really really well and we get so many west coast ipas which try to do the style but shift it a little bit differently and don't quite meet the criteria let's say to be a west coast ipa this does it really really well and it's a lovely combination of flavors as well as i said i think when i was drinking it that you got hit with a bunch of different flavors a load of stuff going on and then it fades out into that finish and it leaves you with that lovely bitter finish to it um, and I, I think with both beers I would um, have easily I, I, I mean I would have both I'd have drank easily them both again but I would reach for the um, Newtown Park you don't have to outrun the bear West Coast mm. IPA. Uh, so that is my pick for this week. If nice. listener, viewer, streaming friend, you would like to tell us about the beers you've been drinking or the video games you've been playing, you can do so by going to outoflives.net, uh, talking to us on Twitter, outoflivesnet, or Tanked Up Cast. Go to our Instagram, Tanked Up Cast. You can get all of us individually. I am at Nova underscore 47. Adel is at the Omniarch. Lucy is Juicy Luce 9. Stick around with us on Twitch. Lucy, you've still got the Juicy Luce can. 
The juicy, yeah. Juicy. I mean, okay, I, mean I, was, I assume it's going to be like my filthy casual can. That's oh, I guess it's, it's just there. there yeah, you can't mm. see it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 Um, if you'd like to talk to us on a very, very regular basis, hit one of us up. Join our Discord. Come and chat to us as well about video games, entertainment products. Uh, as I say, stick around on the Twitch. We've got loads of other shows. Um, a Geek Out Weekly where we chat about a topic generally uh, for uh, roughly an hour. We then do our first looks where Adol takes a look at a lot of upcoming uh, and new release kind of games. Our Let's Play together on a Wednesday, which is us playing Final Fantasy XIV over a Wednesday lunchtime. Uh, we this are month. here on yes for the for the rest of this month, the month of March. Uh, we are here every Tuesday evening for Tanked Up. And then Radari, I think, is going to come back when he's feeling good to do so and play on a Friday evening. That's everything. That's all of the stuff. If you'd like to join us, if you'd like to appear and come and chat to us about video games and share some beers with us as well, let us know. We can get you on. We can have a lovely time. Yeah. And it will be lots of fun. Yeah. Bye. Yes. Oh, yep. Oh, oh, damn. <laughs> oh, shit. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's us. That's We've been tanked up. Take it easy. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Ciao. Bye. Ah, <laughs> oh, Ben. www.outoflives.net.